We're so glad you've joined us. Right now, it's Perry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. I'm convinced of this. God has put dreams in your heart to make your world a better place. To put it in kingdom of God terms, God has given you dreams to use your passions, your gifts, your talents, skills, spiritual gifts to bring heaven into your world. But it may be that you've never told anybody about your dreams, that you haven't even taken a step toward those kingdom dreams. It may be that you have taken steps, but you're discouraged because nothing has come of your efforts. In either case, I'm hoping that this parable will encourage you to take the first step toward those dreams or that it will keep you from giving up on them because you've been doing the work, but nothing has come of all your blood, sweat, and tears. So God gave this 40-year-old woman a dream to walk across a high wire. She knew it would inspire others to take risks instead of living in fear, as she had been doing much of her life. So she went for it early one morning just after sunrise. On her first try, she got a few feet out on the high wire and then lost her balance. As she fell, she grabbed onto the wire to keep from falling hundreds of feet to a certain death. This happened time after time. And each time she was able to pull herself up to the starting platform, which was a great accomplishment in and of itself. She should have realized that. Then she made her final try. She didn't know it was her final try until she fell again and realized she had no more strength to pull herself up. She was slowly losing her grip, and she thought, so this is how it's going to end. This is how I end, a failure. What she didn't know was that there was a safety net below. What the Lord wanted her to learn first was to fall into the net and learn how strong it was to hold her. Later, he would teach her to walk the high wire but not until she knew there was a net to fall into and just how strong the net was. And the only way she could learn that was to fall. <laughs> it's It begs the question, right? Like, what would you do if you weren't afraid? Mm. There's yeah. so, you know, fear just plays into so much of how we live our lives. But what would you do? What are the dreams that God has put on your heart that you can envision and see yourself living out, but you just you haven't started, you haven't taken that first step because fear is in the way. Fear and the fear of failure as well. Mm -hmm. But with any dream God puts in our heart, we're going to hit that place where we, we hit the wall. In, let's see, 2007, when I resigned from Family Life Radio and joined Frontiers, a, a mission to Muslims, you know, I had this great dream of communicating the need to reach the unreached through music and through radio. And so we moved to Phoenix, moved our whole family there. And I've shared this before, but a year and a half in, I felt like giving up. I wanted to quit. It wasn't going according to my plan. And that was me falling into the safety net mm. because God knew that it just wasn't going to happen the way I thought it was going to happen. And I had to fail and I had to fall and I had to come to the place where I realized this is not about me. This is going to have to be God if it's going to happen. That's what the net is, though, right? I mean, that is, it's, I've got you. I've got you no mm -hmm. matter what, no matter if you succeed and whatever that costs you, or if you fail and whatever that costs you. Yeah, that gives us the courage 
that gives us what we need. So the only way to see God's dreams accomplished through your life is through risk. We've been talking about it through failure, through falling. Falling produces grit. Falling produces confidence because you learn that every time you fall, God will catch you. And falling produces humility. The humility you'll need when you start inspiring your world because you finally learn to walk the tightrope. We don't take it for granted. We just so appreciate being able to be with you and just try to encourage you. And that is certainly the case this morning. And I have to say, Shauna, I have seen God's strength definitely in your life this week. Thank you for that. I, it has been such a strange week for me. Um, my dad passed away on Saturday morning. He went to heaven to be with Jesus and he had been sick for a really long time. And I actually had the opportunity on December 14th to go to California and be with him. I was there for just a few short days, but we got to sing some hymns together and be together. And the last few days of his life, things started to kind of go downhill pretty quickly, but I still had the opportunity to say again and again, to say to him, daddy, I love you so much. Thank you for being such a good dad to me. So everything that, you know, needed to be said, got to be said. And, and God in his perfect timing, lovingly took my dad by the hand and took him home on Saturday morning. I love the video of you and your dad singing, what a friend we have in Jesus. Yeah, You know, he was definitely very aware of everything that was going on in that moment. Yeah. And, you know, when you would end the verse, he'd start the next verse. <laughs> yeah. And then he'd say, I can't, I can't, you know, I can't sing anymore. And I'm like, that's okay, daddy, just listen, I'll sing. And then I'd finish, you know, I'd kind of retard and, you know, bring it to an end mm-hmm. and he'd pick it back up again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. keep going. Yeah. So it was pretty precious. Well, he was experiencing God's strength. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. But this grieving that I'm going through, I've actually never been through this before. And it's been so weird this week. I've had this brain fog you know, just really struggling to focus and lots of thoughts all vying for my attention at exactly the same time. And it's just a small example of that was yesterday. I was hungry. I was so hungry. So I grabbed some, you know, soup that I'd made this week, a turkey vegetable soup out of the fridge and filled up a bowl. And then all of a sudden I, I started thinking, oh, I need to get a load of laundry going. And so I grabbed the laundry and I sorted it and, and started a load and, and then I pulled out my laptop and, you know, started to work. And I was like, I'm so hungry. That's, that's weird. How could I be hungry? I just had soup. And I was like, oh, I never ate the soup. Oh, <laughs> and I ate it up. But just that's where my brain has been at this week. One minute I'm totally fine. And the next minute I get this ugly cry. Um, Dan came home. My husband came home yesterday and he grabbed the mail on his way in. And he came in and he handed me this stack of cards. And I thought, that's weird all these Christmas cards yeah. coming late. That's really weird. And then all of a sudden it hit me, oh, they're, they're sympathy cards. They're, you know, bereavement cards. And boom, I just started crying. I didn't even open them up. I hadn't even read the words yet. I just started crying because they were there, you know? And it's just been like that this week. But the other day, my friend Sandra called me and she started the conversation by saying, I don't know what to say to you right now. Like, I just so want to say something that's going to maybe comfort your heart a little bit, but I just don't even know what to say. But she just listened. Um, She empathized with what I've been going through this week and the heartache that I've been feeling. I think, honestly, she just was willing to be with me in it. 
in what I was going through. She just showed up and that was all I needed. The ability, I think, to be with someone when they're falling apart is a real gift to that person. It's the ministry of presence. Sandra's a rock star. She is a rock. Oh, she is a rock star. I could go on and on and on. The girl has a gift for feeling the heart of God and expressing the heart of God towards other people. It's it's such a spiritual blessing. See, I knew she was a rock star. She is. I'm telling you. But Galatians 6, 2, Paul writes that we're to carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. When we show up for someone who's hurting, we help lighten the load for them. I mean, even if it's just enough for them to catch their breath for a minute, you know, we're still helping to lighten that load. And in God's word, you know, he promises us time and time again, he's never going to leave us. So we're never going to be alone. But when we show up for one another, we fulfill the law of Christ. And the law of Christ is all the ways that Jesus has loved us. All the ways Jesus has loved us. He wants us to give that to somebody else. Yeah. And the law of Christ is, it's the way of the kingdom of God. I mean, Jesus behaved the way he did. The the law of Christ was, this is how it is where I come from. This is how it's meant to be. And he brought heaven to earth in the way that he behaved. And so by fulfilling the law of Christ, we too are living the life of this is the way of heaven. This is the way it's supposed to be. This is what heaven looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I've got to believe that right now, you know someone who's carrying a heavy burden. How can you show up for them today? Just like Sandra did for me. Maybe it is, you know, doing what she did, just calling and saying, I don't even know what to say, but I just want to show up. I just want to be here for you. Or maybe just jotting them, you know, a note and saying, I'm thinking about you right now. I just wanted you to know that. Or you could even text or Facebook message and just say, hey, I know you're going through hard stuff right now. I just wanted you to know I care. Let's show up for one another in 2022. Doesn't have to be like in a big way. It doesn't have to be expensive or time consuming. You don't have to say exactly the right thing. Just be willing to let them know that they're not alone in what they're going through. And in doing so, you're doing God's work. You're pleasing God's heart. You're bringing heaven to earth. Just show up. You've got your ear against the wall, and what you hear on the other side is joy. It's not like many sounds of joy, but it's like you're hearing joy itself. It leaves you with a sense of wonder and mystery and longing. This is my attempt at trying to explain what heaven's going to be like, one of the ideas that have come to me. The best I can get at is this sense of wonder, mystery, and longing, and probably sometimes wondering if it's even real, to be honest. The Bible doesn't give us a lot of information about what heaven's going to be like, but we do get some glimpses, and they are beautiful glimpses. The Apostle John had a vision of the New Jerusalem, the eternal city where we'll live, and in the book of Revelation, the New Jerusalem is a cube, a 1,400-mile-long cube in every direction, up, down, across. Really amazing to think about. But it says, the city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. Its gates never close at the end of the day because there is no night. There will be no night in the New Jerusalem. 
I think that we'll be able to see the stars somehow. But Mm -hmm. at any rate, no more night. I take that to mean that eternal life will be like the beginning of a brand new day filled with wonder and expectation forever. Like a brand new day forever is what I'm thinking. Yeah, I love that. I grew up in northern Michigan and I have a distinct memory of one brilliant summer morning at my grandparents' farm near Levering. I was probably seven years old. The morning sky was just glistening on the dewy grass and fragrant pine trees. The sky was just a sparkling blue. My eyes squinted as I looked up into the sun. I could feel the roughness of the gravel driveway under my sneakers. Grandma's laughter was like the theme song to your favorite TV show. Family and friends were coming around for a day filled with who knew what. Didn't matter. It was a brand new day. I remember looking up into the sun and feeling like the day that my life would go on forever. And I think, Mm. you know, it was the exhilaration of being alive. And I also think it was Jesus speaking to me in that moment sharing with me the wonders waiting beyond the veil of this life. That morning, I really think I tasted a drop of eternal life and it made me thirsty. And I'm still thirsty for all he's preparing for me and for you as well. This is our great hope. And we live in light of this hope. And as we live in light of the hope, it changes the way we live here now. And so what'll it be like? My words fall so short Like you, I see things imperfectly as in a poor mirror, but one day we're going to see face to face. One day soon. I'll tell you what, my dad went to heaven on Saturday. I know I've I've talked about this a lot this week, but it is shaping how I see heaven and obviously my thoughts of heaven this week. I think about it so often and what it must be like. And I see my dad over and over again with just all the joy of the peak of his health and the you know, the peak of his life, yeah. um, all being expressed and, and as he's greeting people with love and with joy and yeah, I mean, what is it going to be like? Mm-hmm. I love the description that you gave of that morning, you know, when you were like seven years old, the fact that that moment has stood out to you with such clarity all these years makes me believe there was absolutely spiritual significance to it. Yeah. And I, I do believe God does give us these glimpses to give us this longing. My dad was telling me about, you know, he was at Christmas Eve service at Ridgepoint where he goes, and my mom is is now in the kingdom of heaven. She she went there last year, and, and they just had such a powerful worship time. And my dad just said he was so engaged in it, and he, he thought in that moment that this is what Barbara is doing mm-hmm. right now. You know, it's the, it's it's a taste. It's like yeah. there's moments when the veil gets thin and God just gives us this sense of wonder and longing of what's happening. There's one thing I'm pretty sure of about heaven. Heaven's going to be like a never-ending new day, a brilliant, exhilarating, heart-swelling, can't-wait-to-see-what's-going-to-happen-next day in that city of light where the Lamb is the light. And I also think there's going to be a rainbow there, and it's going to have all the colors that are in the rainbow now, but it's going to have a thousand other colors that you've never seen before. I love I don't know. that. That's just my creative, holy imagination.
Good morning to you. Hey, I wanted to talk about about church attendance a minute. Can we talk about that real quick? Yeah. Okay. I feel like since COVID hit, you know, there was a period of time when we weren't able to go to church and then, you know, it opened up again and we could return to church, but we still have to take into consideration when we gather there's this infectious disease that is that is a part of our world now and there are folks who are you know immune compromised and it would be a really big deal to come down with covid we're seeing people pass away with covid so there's just a lot to consider right yep. mm-hmm. but i do believe that it's god's heart for us to gather and to come together and to worship and to learn together and to be together and so we're in this space right now of having to wrestle that out and having to have wisdom when we gather and i came across this quote by dwight l moody that i think is just really interesting. I came across the quote first and then I found out it was Moody and I was like, oh, we definitely need to chat about this. He said this, church attendance is as vital to a disciple as a transfusion of rich, healthy blood to a sick man. And I would love to hear your thoughts on it. 800-968-8930. 800-968-8930. Well, the research shows that people have not largely come back or I don't know what the exact numbers are, but a lot of people have decided not to come back for one reason or another. You know, that's, it's tough. Like you say, if a person is immune compromised, I think that that would be the one case. I think you probably shouldn't come, but I know for me, I can just speak for myself personally. You know, when the lockdown hit last year in March, our church shut down and reopened and we started going back in June and and we've gone back since then. And it has been such a source of life mm-hmm. for me and for Teresa. We go to Engedi in Holland and and there's just a the worship, the time of worship through music has been so life giving. I've had so many God moments in worship and I desperately need to be with God's people, worshiping with God's people, because when God's people meet, that is the church. The church is not a building. The church is God's people, and the church is a temple. And what happens in a temple? Heaven and earth meet. You know, think about that. We get to experience a taste of heaven when we come together as God's people and get a taste of heaven and get filled up and get renewed and hear God's word. And so it's it is personally, I'm just speaking on, on behalf of myself and Teresa, it is like a transfusion of rich, healthy blood to mm-hmm. a sick man because you know what? I am a sick man. I'm a person who's needy and I need God's presence and I want to be in the place where heaven and earth meet. Yeah. Three years ago, my son was very ill. He had lost a lot of blood and he needed a blood transfusion. And so he was admitted to the hospital and he got two bags of blood, two, two blood transfusions. He was, he was in a bad way and he needed healthy blood for his body and his health was restored and he came back to being. And so if you've not been at church, if you've not been with the body of believers, if you've not come together and if you've not worshiped and you feel like spiritually, your spiritual life feels weak, you know, I just, I don't know. I think this is an invitation to 
All things considered, of course, you need to make a wise choice based on your circumstances for sure. But if you have somehow just gotten into the habit of not going over time because of the circumstances, I think now would be a great time to start going back to church. Yeah, if it's easier to stay home and and to stream things, if if that is the bottom line, then if that were me, I would want to reconsider and and show up and hey, you know, wear a mask. You know, if you're not immune compromised and you've got in the habit of you know not going, just wear a mask. Sometimes we just got to go against our feelings. You know, I don't feel like going. I get home from work sometimes and. I'm so tired. I don't want to work out. I don't feel like working out, but I know from experience that if I work out, it's going to be Mm life-giving. And I know from experience that worshiping with God's people is life-giving. And so, yeah, there are times I don't feel like it, but make that choice. Thanks for listening to Perry and Shauna Replay. To learn more, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.